Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I have a, uh, a buddy on the line with me. I've got Drew Boa with Husband Material. And so, Drew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. About to turn 29 years old. That is pretty awesome. Well, you know what? And by the time this actually airs, you'll be you'll be well into your, you know, 30th year. Which that's pretty... Uh, <laughs> uh enlightening writer that's that's really encouraging uh yeah my 30th year of life i know yeah so enjoy it you know, some crazy. people say that your 29th is your final birthday oh man <laughs> well you you make it sound like i'm about to enter my 30s which is i i guess kind of true i thought i had a year to go yeah well i mean it is your 30th year of life so technically you won't complete it until you turn 30 but anyway um uh, you know, it's funny because before we got on here, I was telling you that I was actually that age. I was 29 when I started to be broken. And uh, let's just say I didn't have as much gray hair as I have now. I mean, that's, that was a long time ago. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the program, Drew, because uh, I feel like in many ways um, you have you've kind of spearheaded a movement of younger men, younger people that are saying, you know what, there's there's a better way to live than porn than just all of the the lies of sexual sin. Um, so what I would love for you to do is tell our listeners a little bit of your own story of how you got to this place where not only have you been set free from so many of those entanglements, but God is actually using you to help others to break free as well. Yeah. I was a kid who loved Jesus and hated porn, but I couldn't stop using it. And this alarmed me. This terrified me. I didn't have anybody who I could talk to about it. Um, my parents never talked about this stuff. And I was in high school at that time when I first started trying to get free and, and began to wonder, do I have a sexual addiction? What is this? And in college, I began to gain some momentum. I joined a group. I started leading groups. I started reading books and Back then, our resources weren't that great. This was in 2011. I didn't know about Be Broken. I didn't know about um, any of this world that I now live in. And so we were using a workbook that asked us to share our stories, and it called it Your Lustimony. And it was just oh cringeworthy. Um, and I got so frustrated with this that I decided, okay, I need, 
I need to do research. I need to create something better. And that's what led me into learning about trauma, learning about the brain, learning about um, spiritual formation and theology and psychology. And I learned as much as I could. And I began to gain a lot of freedom. I even got to over a year without porn or any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. And then after I graduated college, I lost my whole support system and I had my most difficult season of relapse. And I asked God, why is this happening? I thought you healed me. I was the victory story. People were looking at me as an example of, hey, success is possible. Um, porn doesn't have to be a lifetime sentence. Um, and yet I was struggling just as much as everybody else. And it was around this time that I met an amazing woman of God named Rebecca. And we started dating. We eventually did some pre-engagement counseling, which is interesting because it's not premarital counseling. We, we were wondering if, if we should get engaged because as soon as you get engaged, you're basically committed. And this couple that was counseling us gave us the assignment to tell each other what we appreciate about the other person and what we see in ourselves that needs chiseling, our weaknesses and flaws that the other person should know about. And I remember sitting there on an old white couch across from Rebecca, staring at the carpet because I couldn't look at her in the eyes. My stomach was tight. Um, and I knew what I had to say, but I didn't want to say it because Rebecca didn't know how recently I had been struggling. And when I looked up, I said, Rebecca, I'm not as free from porn as you might think. And there are some sexual desires and fantasies I have that you don't know about. And in that moment, she received me with so much kindness and gentleness. And in that moment, I changed, I resolved that I need to do whatever it takes to be 100% confident that porn is in the past. That if I'm going to take these wedding vows to this person, I need to know that I can keep them. And that's when I actually eventually quit my job and, and traveled across the country to learn from sex therapists. And I watched every video I could find. I read every book I could find. And in the end, this journey to lasting freedom took me back to my childhood. And I realized that porn was not just a predator. Yes, it was that it was also a pacifier that I was using to cope with childhood pain and neglect. And as I would later discover even abuse. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I realized this, the self hatred that I had been carrying for over 10 years began to dissolve. And that's when I finally felt like I'm not just getting some distance from my sexual behavior. I'm actually outgrowing it like dropping the pacifier because I was becoming a sexual and emotional adult. I was, I was able to love myself rather than constantly fight this battle against my sexual attractions and impulses. 
And that was six years ago. And I was able to marry Rebecca with over a year of freedom. And now I'm helping other guys do the exact same thing. Yeah, I love that. And let's let's talk about let's kind of unpack that uh, that metaphor there about the pacifier because I actually do think there's a lot there. Um, you know, the difference between something that is phony and doesn't satisfy versus something that we attach to that is actually satisfying. Um, when did when did some of that start to click for you? Where you, I mean, because you said previously, hey, listen, I was reading. I was learning psychology and spiritual formation and I was, I mean, so (laughs) there was, there was information that you were gathering, Yes, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like there was also a a shift in uh, focus, a shift in how you were beginning to maybe Mm -hmm. engage some of that material. What would you say was that major shift? Because I would imagine that even if you went back to a lot of those things that you originally had learned about psychology and spiritual formation and all of that, that it wasn't necessarily that all of that information was wrong or bad. So, so how did, what was the major shift that had to take place that started to give you this idea of understanding what you eventually came to describe as, Oh, I was using porn as a pacifier. Mm -hmm. It was finally understanding where my specific attractions and fantasies were coming from. I was watching a YouTube video with a sexual addiction expert. You can edit this out later if you want. Uh, Specifically, it was Dr. Patrick Carnes. And he was talking about why specific types of porn appeal to different people. And immediately he had my attention because I never heard anyone talk about the logic behind this stuff, that there was actually a, a kind of, that there was actually a method of understanding the specific things that turned me on or turned me off. And at that time I had a sexual fetish that I never understood and that I really hated about myself. And even after a year of freedom from the behavior, that fetish and fantasy was still lurking in the shadows and it was still just as powerful. So when I lost my support system, naturally it came back and I thought maybe this guy can help me. And here's what he said. Sometimes as we're growing up, our sexual development gets stunted at a certain age. And when that happens, what arouses us becomes fixated. And I thought that's me. It clicked. That's Mm -hmm. what happened to me when I was 13 years old. This sexual fetish was specifically for orthodontics. Never understood why. Thought maybe this is a weird thing. Maybe God just created me this way. I don't really understand it. I don't even like that I like this stuff. But when I thought about, okay, the time where my development got stunted, 13 years old, it's right in those middle school years where braces were everywhere on all the kids, Um, especially on the girls, especially on the ones that I was attracted to, especially on the ones that I worshiped and that I was mortally afraid of. And my first experiences of masturbation were specifically to some people who fit this specific description and that stayed with me for the next 10 years until I watched this video. And finally he explained to me 
that porn was not my problem. In fact, it was the solution for the problems I was facing when I was 13 and even further back than that as well. So mm -hmm. at a time when I felt so alone, when I felt betrayed, at a time when I, I was so wounded, even though I didn't know it, porn was both soothing that pain, but also reinforcing it immobilizing me and keeping me immature from actually stepping out and being able to take risks in relationships with these girls that I was thinking about 24 seven. So in answer to your question, what changed? What changed is that I discovered underneath this weird specific type of pornography, there was a little boy who needed love. And from then on, when the sexual fantasy returns, when the impulses and attractions surge, I can say, hello, childhood. Hello, little Drew. And I can begin to relate to myself with compassion mm -hmm. rather than contempt. That's made the difference yeah, that, for me. Oh, that's so good. And, you know, I think sometimes, I think what a lot of our listeners need to hear is that, that truth that, um, we did the best we could with the capacities we had as children to find some kind of solution to whatever confused us in life or frightened us in life. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes because those solutions, like you said, get fixated, especially if they get attached to the sexual, because of the way our brains are wired, that creates such a powerful bond to whatever those things are that mm -hmm we keep going back to that well, because we're like, well, that quote unquote worked when I was 13. <laughs> right. You know, but talk a little bit about how, what, what needs to happen as a person gets older, yeah. when they start to maybe have some of those doubts about whether or not what worked at 10, at 11, at 13, which in a 10, 11, 13 year old mind really did seem like an appropriate solution. Like this feels good. I'd mm -hmm. rather do this than mm -hmm. who knows how, you know, the way 13 year old minds work, they're a 13 year old, they're a kid's mind. Talk yep. about though, when that 13 year old becomes 20, 22, yep. maybe 25, maybe even 30. Mm -hmm. And they're still trying to use a 13 year old solution to whatever their 25 and 30 year old problems are. What word of encouragement or even challenge would you maybe give to that person out there that's listening and saying, yeah, I'm still using those old, those old solutions. So what, how do I extricate myself from this pacifier? Is it just mm -hmm. about white knuckling it? Is it about just, you know, doing some kind of recovery program or can you give some mm -hmm. help for what are some, so what's the process of dropping the pacifier? What's the process? Well, first of all, I love how you've identified the problem. That's a huge piece of it. Some of us are 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, but sexually we're 13 years old. Emotionally, we might be five years old. And there's not as much of a judgment and a shame associated with this kind of assessment. It's just acknowledging, as you said, that there's an immaturity here. Yes, there's sin. Yes, I've made choices that contributed. 
And also, there were things that I couldn't control. There were things that should mm -hmm. have happened to me that didn't happen. There were things that shouldn't have happened to me that, that did happen. Um, and, and until we can help that young part of us grow up, then he's going to stay stuck back there. And there's going to be a part of me that is still stuck. So where do we start with this? I believe along with some of my mentors, Jay Stringer and Eddie Caparucci and Andrew Bauman, that we need to begin by asking why, why, or maybe more importantly, not just why did I use this pacifier, but when, when, when did it start for me? And what was happening in my life at that time? When I think back to uh, 13 year old Drew, I moved around a lot growing up as a kid, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Texas, Toronto, Atlanta, Georgia, all around North America. And when I was finally in Toronto in Canada, where my family was from, I felt like I fit in. I felt like I belonged. We moved, we moved to Texas where I'd lived before and I had previously hated it. And it, it was a nightmare for me. I just wanted to escape. And when I can, when I can get into, into that world, then I can begin to see what was this, what was this pacifier doing for me? What was it providing for me? What did I really want deep down? Um, and when you can, when you can begin asking these questions of why and when you can see what it was that you really desired. So for me, uh, the urge and the attraction to seek out images of orthodontics on the internet, right? It didn't even have to be porn for me. Um, that was just the surface level. That was just the surface level underneath that, that, um, simple surface level soothing. There was a much deeper desire. What did I really want? How did porn make, make me feel? that I, that I was so hungry to experience for me it was acceptance because I felt so rejected. It was, it was providing uh, a symbol of companionship and friendship when I felt so rejected and alone, it was giving me a, a way to escape when I felt trapped, to feel powerful when I felt powerless. Okay. Those are all good desires. Those are all part of the image of God in me. Those are all part of how he created me. And so rather than constantly attacking or avoiding or ignoring these desires, once I can name them and ask, okay, when, when did this start happening? What was the, what was the good and holy desire below that surface level urge? Then I can know what is, what is really going to bring healing. It's, it's the, whole and healthy and godly version of acceptance and power and companionship and friendship. I mean, all of those things are, are exactly what I needed to be free, but for each of us, it's so unique. Um, maybe it's a desire for adventure. Maybe it's a desire to just be cared for and be held. And, and even the most unexpected 
twisted, crazy sexual fantasies, they all make sense when we can understand the story behind them and the desire which which we can actually pursue. And this is so, so, so much more life-giving than constantly trying to avoid the bad stuff. Yeah, you know what I love about, um, again, that, that pacifier imagery is think about, think about a baby, right? Uh, there can be a million different reasons that a child is crying, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and yet, usually what happens, not only in the child, but sometimes even in the mother is like, okay, we know that there's one thing that that will sort of satisfy this child and it's usually like give them food right give them some milk mm -hmm. um but the thing is is like even in that little child there's then a there's sort of like a, a classical conditioning that happens like okay no matter what's going on in my life i want this one solution and the pacifier yeah. becomes like this substitute i think there can certainly be real hunger reasons that a child mm -hmm. might be crying. And so therefore, what does that child actually need? That child actually does need nutrients. It does need uh, food. But you know what? I think for so many of the other reasons that a child could be crying, what's underneath that, like what you're talking about? Is there not a need for closeness, touch, affection, warmth, words of affirmation and acceptance mm -hmm. and love? And so while the child may be thinking, all I want to do is suck on something, <laughs> the, the, the parent is the one that can then say, I want to start helping this child grow mm -hmm. and understand mm -hmm. that there are some moments where it's like it's appropriate that food is the right response to what you're feeling because you actually do have legit hunger. There's other times where the quote unquote hunger that you need is more of a hunger of the heart. And mm. I want to try to help you understand how do you respond to those emotions, mm. those feelings, those hurts, those disappointments mm. in ways that aren't just saying, give me my pacifier, give me my yes. milk. Yes. And so I feel like what that imagery so that good. you've done there is saying, yeah. you know, we're, we're still operating out of that single mindset that if there's a mm. thousand different things that could be quote unquote triggers and they're all legit, meaning like I've got a legitimate emotional need here. I've got a legitimate relational need. I've got even a, a, a legitimate, let's say, intellectual need that God has created in me. If we have made the only outlet that we think that will give us some kind of peace and calm porn, then what you're saying is that's become the pacifier. But here's yeah. what I love about yeah. what, you, what you're trying to train. See, it's not merely, at least if I understand what you're doing in your ministry, it's not merely about saying, how do we rip the pacifier out of your mouth and drop it on the floor? <laughs> it's how do we outgrow the right. pacifier? Can you talk yeah. about that? That this is not merely about saying, how do I just throw the pacifier away? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. how do I begin to understand my needs in a new level right. that I mature? Mm -hmm so that I don't need what I think porn will give me. Can you talk about that outgrow philosophy yeah. and process? Yeah, absolutely. So for the part of me that is 13 years old, um, what does he need? Okay, he needs acceptance. Is it as simple as, okay, you just get the acceptance and then bye-bye pacifier. No, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And so with, with every unique need, um, as you said, for, for touch or, or for, um, simple words of affirmation, uh, whether it's, whether it's a need, uh, 
physically or, or it's a need emotionally. Like I love how you said a hunger of the heart. Um, I see, I see four different components to really outgrowing, um, our specific unwanted sexual behaviors. And I want to put them all under the category of mature adulthood. So what is, what is an adult? It's somebody who has progressed through the stages of development and is able to maturely manage their lives. So with our sexual desires, how do we maturely manage them? Like what, what should we do with them? Um, where do we put them instead of just attacking them or avoiding them or ignoring them? And these are the four things. Number one, get it from God. We, we have that as our foundation that ultimately our hearts are hungry until they find their satisfaction in him. And so to turn to God, um, to get these needs met is a much more mature way of doing things, but it doesn't stop there because even when we had perfect communion with God, he said, it's not good for us to be alone. So the second part is finding that desire with other people. So for me with acceptance to feel accepted by God is, is huge. Uh, but if that's all I have, it's only going to have a a certain effect. It's only going to take me so far when I can find that with other people who can know some of these deep, dark secrets about me and still accept me. That is going to unlock so much more release and relief. Um, and, and it's going to allow me to, to show up in relationships better. And that's just number two. We need to get it from God. We need to find it with other people. Number three is the one that I work on the most with clients. And this is the one that I was missing, um, that I needed in order to truly outgrow porn. I need to find out how to give this thing to myself in a mature way to give Mm -hmm. little Drew the acceptance and love as an adult. You know, I love how you said, Jonathan, that we get to be the adult. Um, It's not the, it's not the mature and 29 year old part of me that, that has a, an urge to use pornography or sexually act out. It's the much younger part of me, the mature part of me. If I can, if I can come to that young boy within me and, and be the person that he needed to give him what he didn't have, whew, that's where the tears start flowing and, and the transformation is incredible once you're able to, to heal the inner child with, with Christ in you um, mm-hmm. and, and give it to yourself. But then this is still a self-contained picture. And if that's all we have, then it's still ultimately self-centered and it's about me, 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 and that's still immature. So there's one more component, the fourth component, which is overflowing to other people uh, with a sense of purpose and mission. So one of my superpowers, as, as you might imagine, uh, feeling so rejected growing up, is that I'm able to help other people feel accepted. And when I step into that and I'm able to overflow that acceptance to others, then my life is so full. There's, there's joy. There's also generosity that there's no space for porn, that the pacifier is simply mm-hmm. irrelevant. I I'm just not interested anymore because I'm finding that deeper need met by God. It's being exchanged with other people. I'm giving it to myself and then I'm overflowing to others. Now that is a life well lived and there's no place for porn anymore. It's just not even a stress. It's not even something that stresses me out anymore because 
life is so much better because I'm able to maturely manage my sexuality in these four ways. Yeah, I think that's great. And, the, you know, some of the imagery that I get from this, even even using still the metaphor, the pacifiers, is we would obviously find it very strange and odd and and um, immature if a 30 year old man was literally sucking on a pacifier. <laughs> right. Because there's a point at which you go. You know, even with a even with a baby, yeah, exactly. That is not an image that I want to remember. There, Drew. For for the listeners that aren't seeing this, Drew just popped the pacifier in his mouth. <laughs> but um, but you know, what do we do? We, you know, I think of even even Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he was saying, you know, I'd like to feed you meat, but you're still in an immature state that I've got to still be giving you milk. And what was he saying? You're not made for milk for the rest of your journey with Christ. There's a need to be mm-hmm. able to graduate from this more, you know, this, this yes. lesser Love that. food, so to speak, to a greater food. And I think that's what you're saying is yeah. porn is, is the lesser. It's outside. It's not going to give you the nutrients you need. It's not going to fill your yeah. soul. You need meat. Yeah. yeah. And Paul also said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I behaved like mm-hmm. a child. But when I grew up, I put these childish ways behind me. And what I love about that, too, is he was also making us realize that through the power of Christ, we can engage our will because he says, I put childish things away. Like there was an act of the will. So it's not as if Mm -hmm. magically because you turn 21 or you turn 25 chronologically that somehow you are now mature. And so I, I... I really appreciate this conversation, Drew. I appreciate what you're doing. I would love to be able to point our listeners to more of what you're doing and resources that you provide. So tell us a little bit about husband material. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how our listeners can get access to those resources. Yeah. At husband material, our goal is to help you outgrow porn by changing your brain, healing your heart and saving your relationship. That's what we're talking about today, because if you can, fully mature into a sexual, spiritual, emotional adult, then porn won't appeal to you in the same way. And that's what can give you and possibly your spouse the confidence that's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, that's what gets me so fired up. Um, especially for younger guys, we can help you save your marriage before it starts, um, and avoid the devastation, uh, that so so many families have uh, have felt because of it. And Jonathan, I know you're intimately familiar with those effects. Mm-hmm. So, so where can our listeners go to get uh, mm-hmm. get more resources? Yeah, you can go to husbandmaterial.com for our free content, weekly videos and podcasts. We have a, a new community on an app that it just came out. So I'm really excited about that, husbandmaterial.app. And also a coaching program, which is called Husband Material Academy. Awesome. Well, Drew, thanks for, uh, you know, being willing to put your life uh, into this space. You know, it's one thing to try to go on this journey to get get well for yourself. It's another thing, like you said, for it to overflow, Mm -hmm. for you to say, you know, this is, man, this is too good. I can't hold it on to myself, hold it to myself. And I really believe that's ultimately what the power of the gospel does is um, mm-hmm. uh, I sometimes think if if you want to remain an immature Christian, try to hoard grace. <laughs> when you understand, 
Like grace was yeah. given to me so that it could flow to others. Yeah. I think that's what it's meant for. And I appreciate you doing that. I also appreciate how I think your life is really inspiring a lot of other younger men also to enter this space. I, I hope that the wave of younger men willing to come mm-hmm. into this space continues to grow. And I want to commend you for kind of leading the way in that. So thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. Um, it's an honor and and it's exciting to think about where we might be 15 or 20 years from now. Um, just thinking about how you started your ministry and, and where it's gone. I'm excited for, for the collaboration that we're doing as a body of Christ to build the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Well, listeners, if you want more information about Drew, their ministry, go to husbandmaterial.com. Of course, we're always glad that you're with us, and we do look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. So take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.